Welcome to the Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Eric Chapman. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night radio show. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show, and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right meow. I've been dying to talk to someone about mask conspiracies and what it's like. And I, I, I wonder, Chris, I'm going to ask you, have you run into many people that are on the, um, no, I'm not wearing a mask, it is a control thing from the government tip? Um, I haven't, because no. it stresses me out. <laughs> so you avoid those people altogether? I, yeah, I'm actually very proud that you did, because I can't go near it. So I'm really, really oh, looking forward to, uh, to hearing this. I've been dying. I've been reaching out to many of them. A lot of them, even, um, I, did, I, did, I recorded it, but I, I'm not going to play it here. But even getting this person, or not even him in general, just these type of people that believe this way, getting them on to talk is, is even more challenging than getting through the conversation, because they ask things like, who else is listening to this recording right now? And I'm like, no, it's just me and you. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's just me and you. And then the, the greatest thing, too, is um, the response. I'd like to talk to you about uh, what your feelings on mask. And then they'd respond like, oh, well, you media types like to twist things. So I don't know if I'm into that. I'm like, first of all, don't insult me as a professional. But second of all, here's the questions. Can you answer them? Like even getting them on, it was just this this challenge. And I bring this up because I saw a friend of mine for the first time in almost two years. And this is it. I've known this person for 20 years since I can remember him walking into the gym. And the first time I ever laid, on, lies, laid eyes on him, he used to be in a punk band lead singer. So he had blue hair. His pants were like those Jinko jeans that Korn used to wear. You know, those really big wide ones. They're just ugly as ever. Anyways, old friend. I've known him forever. And so I see him for the first time in almost two years. And he starts going off on things like, you know, Epstein and how he knows for sure that Clinton's involved in the Epstein thing. And then, and then he's making these posts from Candace Owen, who is incredibly wrong most of the time about everything she says. She's a conspiracy theorist that likes um, to say that uh, um, there's no racism in the world. It's, it's um, Black Lives Matter. It's just a, a certain group of people that feel sorry for themselves, that type of person. And he started putting these posts up where, like, he thinks that Justin Trudeau, uh, this is 100% factually not true. We know this. He's part of a murder plot against some aristocrats in Canada. Like, he's posting these things. And he's talking about them in our conversation. So I talk to him and I have the conversation. I'm like, you know, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I, I know that there's a nugget of truth in all these things that you're talking about. But I, I, just, want, I, just, I just hope that you're reading other things too. And here's, here's some sources that maybe you could go to. And he's like, okay, fine. But then I, I, I come back to his um, online, his um, Twitter and things like that. And he's posting more of it. And so I'm like, oh, no, what do I do? How do I talk to this person? And so in that moment, I'm like, well... Maybe I can talk to someone who's really deep into this to, to kind of get some info on where they're coming from so I can talk to my friend and see if I can somehow pull them out of this rabbit hole of non-falsifiable evidence about anything. So that's kind of the impetus of why I really wanted to do this and also because they're nutters and I just want to talk to crazy people because that's just fun to me. So his name's Ryan. He's an organizer of some ma um, don't-wear-mask rallies. And I just asked him straight off the top, what are your thoughts on wearing masks? Um, okay, so here's the thing. Um, people that are generally not 
before, um, you know, being required to wear a mask are, are generally called anti-mask people. And I don't actually like that label because anti-mask to me implies that no masks for anybody, regardless, right? No one should wear a mask. And that's not the case, right? Um, I'm not going around ripping um, face masks off people and, and shaming people for wearing them. If people want to wear them, they should be able to. Um, they should have the choice. You know, I, I support that. If people feel it, it makes them feel safe or it protects other people, they should wear them. Absolutely. I don't oppose that. Um, I just don't understand how they can um, mandate masks on 5 million uh, British Columbians when there's only, you know, five people in BC in the hospital right now. Um, that's as for flu watchers. You literally have a one in a million chance of landing in the hospital with this virus right now. Uh, the case infection rate's only 1% of people uh, being tested, tested positive for it. And I just feel that, you know, people should have freedom of choice, you know, our body, our choice, informed consent, things like that. I feel I know what's best for my, uh, my own body, my own, my, own, my own immune system, my own health, right? So um, that's my thoughts on that. Okay, so, um, do you, do you, so you do think they're effective then in preventing COVID, the spread, or can be helpful? Um, uh, can it be helpful? Yeah. Well, I guess we would have to determine what mask can prevent the the size of the particle from transmitting. It's my understanding the average is like 0.125, I think it's nanometers or micrometers or something like that. So can these masks actually prevent the size of the particle? Um, you know, some of them may be able to. Um, there, there are studies exist that prove that they can. There are studies exist that prove that they can't. Does, do, do the results of one study negate the results of another study? No, of course not, right? So, um, I, but I don't understand why an immune, healthy immune system isn't the best, most effective way to prevent the spread of any virus, really. Why is there no talk of promoting, you know, immune health, vitamin C, D, zinc, sunlight, healthy eating, exercise, why are we not being told to boost our immune system to prevent the, uh, the body from even uh, getting this virus? I don't understand why there's no promotion of a healthy immune system. So uh, why isn't that being promoted? Okay. Um, what would you say to all the doctors and health professionals that say it is effective in stopping the spread and, and it is the thing that they should be promoting? How would you mm -hmm. respond to that? Yeah, I would like to know, and just honestly, if these doctors are virologists themselves, if they've worked in a lab isolating, you know, coronaviruses in general or isolating SARS-CoV-2. Um, I know Dr. Judy Mikovits has, and, she's, and she says basically uh, masks will not prevent the spread of this virus at all. She's worked with coronaviruses herself, so, I mean, she would know. Um, and again, I would just have to bring up, oh, this is what I would bring up. Why weren't they mandated um, at the beginning of the pandemic when, you know, case infection rates were 5%? Um, why weren't there any talks about um, stopping the spread of the pandemic when before it was a pandemic? Um, who are we to hold liable for all the deaths caused from all the infections caused from not mandating masks at the beginning of this pandemic? If we knew they were safe and effective, why wait till, you know, the case infection rates only 1%? Um, why were they not mandated at the very beginning of this pandemic is what I would want to know. Hmm. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah, the, um, I've read, though, that uh, Dr. Mikovits has been debunked on a few of the things that she said. Even her challenges to uh, Dr. Fauci have been pretty easily um, debunked and her claims been, you know, said not to be true. So I wonder, I wonder why that doctor would be someone you rely on, but not another one. 
Um, I, the, the reason why I brought her up was, was because she's actually worked with coronaviruses oh. themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's why I brought her up, right? She, is, she was a virologist herself, right? right? So she would know how this virus does work because she's worked with coronaviruses. So that's why I brought her up. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, what else? Da, 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 da. Oh, um, there are no, okay. You, I guess you kind of touched on the, my third question there, like that there are no laws saying you could like just to, to wear it. You kind of, it's just like, we're asking to wear a mask just to kind of be a bigger and better person. Um, how would you respond to people that say that? Again, it, to me, this all, I don't understand why putting a, um, a mask over top of a depleted immune system um, makes people healthy. I don't understand that. To me, to me, the problem is not necessarily viruses because we have always encountered germs, microbes, bacteria, viruses throughout our history of a species, and that's how we build immune responses to them. We build antibodies that way. That's just how it's, how it's been. That is Immunology 101. So again, why why not create an uh, immune response to a virus? Why is it not okay to contract this and build antibodies the natural way? And if, if people don't want to do that, why not take your vitamin C, D, zinc, and eat healthy to basically completely prevent yourself from even getting this virus to begin with? Mm. But why not promote a he- healthy immune system? I think, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I wonder, though, because... We don't know enough about, uh, I think kind of what you're speaking on too is the herd immunity part of it, like get your immune system up. But, but there have been cases where um, people have got COVID and then got it again. So the herd immunity mm-hmm. isn't really in the picture right now. So this is kind of would be the workaround for that. And people get the flu and get the flu again also. So it's, you know, it's, people get bronchitis and get it again. People get pneumonia and get it again. But it's, it, not, but it's not the same flu. It's a different strain every year. It, yeah. This is the same coronavirus. Uh, apparently, this one apparently mutates a lot too. Even Dr. Fauci said numerous times how much this this says um, this virus has been mutating too. Yeah, I know mutations are good though because they can learn a lot from them. Um, so um, my last question then. Thanks for your time today, Ryan. Um, do you think mm-hmm. then that this is part of a larger agenda that the government wants to control us and the sheep are failing everyone? Uh, it. I guess, in, in all honesty, it, it means. It depends on the meaning or the context of control, okay? Um, what, what are laws um, out there to do to control people, but to keep them safe, right? Keep, you know, don't kill people, don't murder people, don't speed, you know? So control can be a good thing if it's meant to keep people safe and healthy and everything, right? Okay, so that's good. Um, in this context, control people could mean, well, if they're going to... If an unelected official like Bonnie Henry, she's unelected in an unelected position also, can dictate to 5 million British Columbians what's best for their bodies and take away informed consent, what else can't they do to our bodies then? Nothing. They will do, they can do whatever they want then. So I don't really feel that that's, um, that that's really right or appropriate. So would you take... I feel, we all, I feel we all have the right to choose what is best for our bodies, our bloodstreams, our immune systems, everything. It's my body, my choice. But so, if a politician, I know lots of people are um, listening to a lot of politicians. If a politician, she's unelected, you said. But if a politician said wear a mask, would you take it more seriously? If politicians, you said, if they did wear one. Yeah, if they said right now, say Horgan said mandatory masks, would you would mm-hmm. you take his opinion differently than you would Dr. Henry's? If a politician, well, politicians aren't um, virologists. 
So I, it's hard to understand why I would listen to a, someone who doesn't deal with coronaviruses. But they're Tell they're talking they're, they're talking to virologists. That's where they get their information from, and they just got, they're just like the middleman, and they explain it all to us. But it comes from doctors. Well, I politicians um, they don't necessarily work for us per se. They don't take our money. They take other people's money for their donation campaigns. So I would just question what their agenda is. So there you go. My conversation with a um, a mask. Denier, he doesn't like anti-mask because that doesn't that implies he doesn't want anybody wearing a mask. Got a great text from yesterday from Dwayne. Wearing a mask isn't a problem unless your head is up your ass. I mean that is so concise and perfect. I love that text. Rick in Calgary. How are we doing, Shane? It's Eric, but thank you. Oh, sorry, Eric. It's all good, man. Don't worry about it. So, like Calgary, for example, we have to wear masks in Calgary now. Now, I've been claustrophobic since I was a kid. I couldn't play uh, hockey like I played goalie in hockey. Mm-hmm. And the old, remember the old hard fiberglass mask you would wear as a yep. goalie? Yeah. I could never wear those because I would start hyperventilating and puking. I would wow. have to wear a catcher mask for baseball yep. to play goalie. Yep. Now, if I put a mask on now, I'm going to start hyperventilating. Mm-hmm. And within a couple minutes of me not being able to breathe, I'll start puking all over the place. Right. So I go, I go into a grocery store and... I explained it to the person at the front. Mm-hmm. They let me in the store. Well, next thing you know, everybody in the store, every time they go by, yeah. why aren't you wearing a mask? Yeah. Why aren't you wearing a mask? Yeah. I should I should not have to tell people why I nope. can't wear a mask. No, nope. you're, you're 100% right, Rick. And this is where the trouble comes in with this whole, because it's just like a non-visible disability. It's like when someone sits down in the in their chair that's reserved for people in wheelchairs. Well, you can't see that they actually, like, they have a, a, a crippling disability. They need to sit there, but you don't see it, so you give them crap. This is a huge issue, Rick. And I, I, I think there are different ways that we can approach um, people that we see that we might be questioning other than just being like, hey, put your damn mask on, because you're obviously claustrophobic, and that can't be fun to deal with. No, but I, I can't even wear a scarf around my face. I can't wear yeah. a ski mask. Yeah. I can't even put a blanket over top of my head, because if my head is cold when I'm sleeping, because I start to hyperventilate wow, it. Oh, wow. And it's just ridiculous, but there's nothing I can do about no, it. There's yeah. no cure for it. Yeah. Have you, and, tr- have you tried the, have you seen the face shield? The, the Have you seen those ones, Rick? Would those work for you? Yeah, I mean, the face shield still doesn't hold tight enough to your face to keep your yeah. so yeah. so a face shield protects your eyes and stuff like yeah. that, but it wouldn't stop you from breathing in droplets. Yeah. So how do you and, how do you handle the people that approach you? Well, I try to explain it to them, but yeah. you know, a lot of them don't even want to listen. You know, I had yeah. a bylaw officer in Calgary come up to me because I wasn't wearing one in a, a grocery store, and I explained it to the bylaw officer, and I said, "Okay, have a good day." Walked away. Yeah. But, you know, you run into everybody else in the store, and they're right. all yelling at you because you're not wearing a mask. Right. Like, I carry hand sanitizer in my pocket. I'm always sanitizing. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's, it's one of the things I can't wear. I can't wear that mask. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> that's a tough one, dude. I feel for you, Rick. That's very frustrating. So, and it I seems like, I, yeah, and it, no, and it seems like you want to contribute. We're doing the hand, like, you want to do it all you can, but you just can't. So, yeah. Well, like, I'm a truck driver, and I'm... You know, I haul medication all the time, so I yeah. consider myself being essential service. Yeah. And, yeah, I can't get sick, and I haven't gotten sick. You know, I socially distance. I don't go anywhere. I, you know, I stay home. I go to the grocery store and go to work, and that's it. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of the things I can't wear a mask. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. 
Well, I hope you. I hope nobody balls you anymore, Rick. That's a tough one to well, be. They, in. They, they will. Yeah, I know, you know, but dang. You, you try to explain it to them, and yeah. you got to explain it like a hundred times to walk through a grocery store to get your groceries. Maybe you need to get one of those cards. I know some people approach me on the street sometimes. They're they're deaf. They have a card. Maybe you just hand like print out a little card, just hand it to them. Like here, this is the information. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> All right, Rick. Well, thank- I just thought. Uh, there's other reasons why people don't. So There is. There's plenty of reasons, and we need to understand that, too, and not freak out when we see it. Thanks for calling, Rick, and understand that this is a thing. And yes, wear your mask. And yes, yes, wear your mask all the time. But, yeah, there are the few. Anybody under two, you know, there's a choking hazard there. I've seen severe asthmatics that have, as lungs collapsed, still wear a mask. But I'm not a doctor. Not a doctor. And they talk to their doctor, so we just have to trust that they're doing the right thing. Yeah, and um, and I can speak to the, sort of the claustrophobic angle. Yeah, you can. Like, um, and I think a, 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 this might be a common occurrence for a lot of folks that have had to find themselves wearing masks out in public. Uh, like the first time I had to don one, I lasted about five minutes, and I started like getting really nervous mm-hmm. and and freaking out in terms of my breathing. Yeah, yeah. So, so I had to I had to take it off, and so it took you know a few more sort of occurrences to sort of get used to it but i can totally get the the claustrophobic angle but you know what helped me is that you see everybody else wearing them mm-hmm. in public so it kind of uh, helps sort of calm calm that anxiety a bit oh yeah yeah right it does yeah it's a collective sort of yeah. experience it's not just you right so. right right interesting yeah dang that's that's a tough one that claustrophobia wow I'm really just thinking about it hard. Jasper in New West. Hey, how's it going, man? It's going really well, my friend. What do you got? <laughs> I wanted to say, first of all, you're very patient with that gentleman that you interviewed. Oh. Good job with that. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to, I wasn't going into it. I didn't want to outsmart him. I wasn't, I just want to hear. I just want to listen so I can just understand more. So I'm glad, Jasper. Well, I think one of the big problems that people have with wearing masks is they don't understand why they need to wear it. They think that it's going to protect them. Right, but it's not. From the virus, so why should I wear it? Right. And it's all about keeping your breath close to you so that you're not breathing across the room at people. Mm-hmm. So uh, that guy that just called in, I know claustrophobia, that, that's hard to work with. Yeah, you know? yeah, but it is. You can get a, um, a clear barrier that stands actually quite far off from your face. And that wouldn't be as good as a mask, but it would at least prevent droplets from going straight out. Yeah. I, I actually mentioned, I, and my, Jasper, I mentioned the face shield to him, and he said the same thing you did. He's like, yeah, I could, but he just didn't feel it would do the same, have the same effectiveness. That's, that's the thing, though. Yeah. That anything that's going to prevent your breath from filling the room that's is going to be, you know, so maybe not everybody can wear uh, a really thick, heavy mask, but yeah. Explore your options and find something that's light and comfortable to wear. It's better than nothing. Well, you know, Jasper, to your point, I was doing a little bit of reading about this. um, And just there are some things that people that are claustrophobic, uh, like you said, the material, if you get Mm -hmm. all your layers, say your cotton layers in the middle, but your outside is a silk, which is a softer material. Um, Sometimes some maybe some some essential oils in the mask as well can be very Mm -hmm. helpful. Um, Just like some aloe vera or something just to have that calming sensation, too. But so there are ways to work around jasper but i do understand it's a tough thing but it's kind of something that maybe you need to work through i think that the mask uh, the people that are making the reusable masks yeah. need to 
take that into consideration. Right now, if you go and try and buy one, they're very thick. They cover your whole face. They yeah. pla- practically like stick to your skin. And oh. they don't need to be like that if their purpose is to stop you from breathing all over people. Yeah. That's... Like all you need is a thin bit of fabric there just to break up your breath. That's Bill Nye did a really good video where he tried to blow out a candle wearing a mask. Oh, really? He couldn't do it. Really? Yeah, and he couldn't do it. And that's all you need. Yeah. You, know, you yeah, don't I, have to I wrap think those... your whole head up. I, yeah, no. <laughs> You don't, need, you don't need to cut the bottom of, of, of a giant water bottle and put it on your head. No, I mean, I mean no. it might work, but you don't need to do that. And I was reading about those masks too, Jasper, those medical ones. There's actually like can be up to 200 layers in those things because they're very thin, but they are actually wa- layered quite well. Well, that's if they're like working with someone they know has the virus. Then they have to protect themselves. Yeah. But if you're riding the bus or the train or going to the grocery store, you don't know for sure that you have it or that anybody else has it. It's just a courtesy That's it. to wear it. Yeah. It's mm. just the right thing to do. Like I said before, it's like, yeah, you know, you don't have to wear your, uh, your mask. Absolutely. But you're a jerk. The other thing I wanted to say is I've seen a lot of people wearing gloves while they're out. Yeah. And I want them to know that that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be washing their hands. Right. That's gloves a good tip. really give people a false sense of safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Any else on the other tips you got, Jasper? Uh, just everybody keep washing your hands, don't touch your face, and wear a mask if you've got to be around people because, you know, it's to protect them. Yep. And if you if see you wearing it, then they'll wear it. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. There's an article in Real Clear Science about the size of men's penises and how the original study to get the average size that everyone's always comparing to is flawed in every way possible. First of all, every guy lies about their size. That's a thing. Except me, and I'll prove that in one minute. But it turns out after some new, more scientific studies, the average size of a man is actually much smaller, which is actually a lot of good news for most of us. But this got me thinking, why are we so obsessed? What is the history? Why is this the only thing most of us think, of, or think about? So Maureen McGrath of the Sunday Night Health Show and I talked about it maturely. And tactfully. I'm going to make everyone really uncomfortable and other people comfortable at the same time. Okay, Maureen McGrath. My name is Eric Chapman, and I have a small penis. And I just don't care. But Maureen, <laughs> men are obsessed with this, aren't they? I don't have a penis, Eric. <laughs> uh, men are concerned. This is an issue for men, or men think about this. I mean, it's not that all men uh, are concerned about this. Men may overestimate the size of their penis okay uh so there's lots of different things that they may uh consider when it comes to the size of their penis why what what is okay let's get let's get into the history because i'd like to try and understand why men attach so much to it It, it, it's it's their manhood which i find very bizarre like uh, if you can attach your 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 manhood should be beyond anything you can attach it to so you shouldn't attach it to anything including this but what what is the history where does this where does this obsession stem from maureen well um you know concerns about penis size affect men's sexual satisfaction and functioning and and of course penis size doesn't necessarily affect sexual functions that are involved in the in the sexual response cycle like like sex drive or pain experience or orgasm. Uh, but men who are less satisfied with their penis or their penis size, and, and it can be circumference or shape or appearance, report more sexual health problems. So that's just the, to answer that one question for you. In terms yep. of history, uh, you know, penis envy is actually, um, it's Freudian. 
Freud said that women become envious of penises at a young age when they realize that boys derive more sexual pleasure from their penises than girls do from their own genitalia. And so Freud uh, says that this, or claimed, I should say, it's been debunked, um, claimed that this envy grew over time. And that's why a daughter would become so close with her father or have this particular love for her father. And that a lot of women have a subliminal desire to give birth to a son because that is as close as a woman can get to having a penis of her own. Uh, Of course, that's not um, necessarily the conventional idea of, of penis envy. Today, we think of penis envy perhaps as, being jealous of the size of somebody else or feeling inadequate. But, but this can be associated with male masculinity and adequacy or as it relates to adequacy. Do, do women have similar hangups? They certainly do. Women are, many women are unhappy with the appearance of their labia, or, or they, but they might call it their vagina. There's a lot of vaginoplasty surgeries going on. Um, of course, women are concerned about their weight, their abdomen, their breast size, and their butt size. Um, many women have had surgeries to alter that and to alter that to please a man. Um, wow, fascinating. Um, this, I think, is part of leading to the unhealthy um, um, conversation of this whole thing, Maureen. Uh, like, uh, uh, men try in many ways to conf- to compensate for what they think of themselves, and this can oftentimes probably become negative, couldn't it? It certainly can become negative and it can reflect negatively on sexual health because sexual health and mental health are very closely tied. And so one may feel inadequate in the bedroom and that can lead to poor sexual satisfaction. Um, and, and there's also, there's, you know, some people can become obsessed with photos of, um, you know, on Instagram or the perfect bodies or they may look for penile enhancement solutions, none of which will work. There's actually nothing available that will do that, uh, short of surgery that might lengthen it a little bit. Um, You know, people will spend large sums of money in order to address the emotional distress that they may have with the fact that they are obsessed with the size of their penis. And those emotional problems include feeling vulnerable and, as I mentioned, feeling inadequate or not good enough or not masculine enough because penis size is associated with power and masculinity and adequacy and, of course, satisfaction in the bedroom. And, not, and, 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 and negative, sensu- uh, negative sexual health as well, wouldn't, uh, along with mental health. I guess they are kind of uh, go hand in hand, wouldn't they? They are definitely tied together. And, of course, it can impact a man's sexual functioning. They can actually become distracted and be obsessed with what is the partner thinking about their penis size. Is it not good enough? Are they not good enough? So it relates to sexual self-esteem, and it can actually reduce a person's sexual self-esteem, and that will affect their functioning um, and their satisfaction in the relationship. And that sounds like it can be kind of a spiral downward when you're when you're worried about your functioning because it's this is you're focused on your size. Like that seems like you could spiral out of control into some very unhealthy things very quickly. That's right. Um, You know, the expectations that men have about women's penis size preferences can drive anxiety and uh, depression and dissatisfaction that would be more than or much more than some inborn dissatisfaction. Interestingly enough, in the short 
long-term relationship or the one-night stand, for example, where women are typically seeking pleasure and they're a little bit higher risk uh, liaisons. They, women prefer a longer penis or a larger penis. But in the long-term relationship, women actually prefer things like hair color or the fact that they have hair or a job or intelligence <laughs> over penis size. And, and so they are willing from a biological perspective because of what um, penis, you know, inter sexual intercourse does do to the vaginal mucosa. There's little tears that are created. They actually prefer a smaller penis in a long-term relationship. See, and I think that, uh, um, uh, comments and conversations around what we're going to hear right here, Maureen, are, are, are important because the, women, as much as men think that women sit there in little groups and, and talk about men's penises, which I'm sure they do, but not to the amount that we think they do. So I think that mentioning things like that are helpful in, in, in just helping understand, like, it's okay. It, it, it's like the, that old thing. It's not how big, it's what you do with it, that whole thing. So I think that's part of the, uh, maybe, maybe if I'm wrong, maybe a piece of, of men um, becoming more healthy and comfortable with their, their size. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie to you, Eric. You know, um, if a man's penis is particularly small, um, you know, just like if his hands are particularly large or if he's particularly short or if he's particularly overweight, that would be a discussion amongst girlfriends for sure. Uh, but, it, but men need to remember, pun intended, they are a whole package. They are comprised of their intelligence, their personality, their kindness, their good looks, their self-confidence, which is extremely sexy. Uh, and so if men remember that, that it's, they're not just about their penis, they are about a number of other factors, and that you know, there's love out there for everyone. The, the problem is, is they, they view this as, um, you know, that if they risk a relationship and so that they have this anxiety concerning the partner's response and that can be calculated by them as the cost of a relationship. And that leads a man to experience this sort of broader sexual dissatisfaction. Are there any other things that we as men can do to be more comfortable with with, with our size and, and, and the people we're with and, and the experience of it all? You know, I really think uh, that inner self-confidence is probably the most important thing for, for men and women, uh, how you present to the world. You know, be your best self. Feel good about yourself. Accept who you are. You know, be grateful. Um, you know, it, it comes across and, and it will trump any... Um, anything that you're not satisfied about yourself. And also don't point those things out. Like if you feel you're overweight or you feel your penis is too small, it's not something to point out to somebody. Somebody else may not notice because they may actually, you know, care for your pheromones, your scent, your uh, body shape, you know, what kind of shape you're in, what, what, how intelligent you are. And so they might be looking at something else or, or caring more so about something else. So never put yourself down, but, Build that true inner self-confidence where you believe in yourself and, and you know, you're okay with who you are. Yeah, and, and I think to that point too, Maureen, understand that even if with, you're with someone, say, that in your mind is the picture-perfect um, man or woman, 
even as perfect as you see them, they see themselves as having flaws. So understanding that we all have a hang up, no matter what it is, I think that that is a part of what kind of you're saying too. just like understand that there's there's other things that that make us unique and worthwhile and valid and and wanted by other people. That's right. And never point out your flaws to anyone else. They might not notice them, but nobody's perfect. We all have imperfections and that's what makes us so beautiful and yeah. so wonderful. Yeah. And, and it's about attraction and it's about chemistry and it's far more than the size of a man's penis or the appearance of a woman's vulva. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm hoping too, Maureen, in the back of my mind, I hope, I know it takes a lot more than this, but for this whole COVID thing with the online dating, because people are having to take more time to get to know each other because they're doing it safely. I really hope that this will, will, will help with these situations and moving forward because people understanding that it's more than about physical things or even those little quirky things that someone has that they do, you know, it, it, there's a lot to more, it's, uh, more to it. So I think this was very enlightening. Thank you for chatting with me tonight as always. You are very welcome, Eric. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Got a text at 877-399-9890. Hey, Eric and Matt, can you please find me a hot date in the Niagara area? Please help me out, man. Niagara Falls. (laughs) So any single ladies of a certain age. And experience. And experience. Give us a call. John's looking for a date. 877-399-9890. Or email me, eric, E-R-I-C at cknw.com. We'll get you and John hooked up. John's a nice guy, attractive guy, listens to the show. Obviously, he's wicked cool. I don't know what he looks like, but... <laughs> I do. He's handsome. How dare you? <laughs> Everyone that listens to the show is handsome, except the host and Chris. So, um... <laughs> let's, do, let's do this thing. Let's, what's it called again? Uh, it's called In Case You Missed It, and here's the theme song. In case you missed oh, it on the radio, here's New Zealand's Chris Gilbert. Hi. How long did, that, how long did that take, Matt? Uh, a about minute? six seconds. That was awesome. I love those. You should get into that. You should start charging and do those and, like, give them to people and stuff. You should do a ringtone service. Custom ringtones. Custom Maddie ringtones. <laughs> Custom theme songs. Ooh, maybe you can get one for John. Hey, go on a date with John, please, or something like that. You know, you could get something for John. <laughs> Call me up, 877, if you're in the uh... Niagara <laughs> area and you're looking for a date. Lovely man named John. I would love to get John. If we could match someone up on this show, I would, I would retire. That would make my life. I would love to see two people hook up and... The shift love connection. Love, yes. Maybe we'll just change it to the love connection. And that's all we'll do. We'll just hook up listeners. I don't want to take those calls. Come on, Matt. <laughs> Come on, man. Just straight up. What no. are you saying? Why? Why? What, 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 what's going to be so bad about it? I, I've got enough stuff to do. <laughs> all right, Chris. What's this? Uh, why do you hate your homeland? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just still thinking about Medi on the phone and being like, mm-hmm, and what's your star sign? Right. Yeah. <laughs> are you a Taurus yeah, or a right. Pisces? What do you, what's your work? What do you do? Do you do yoga? Do you like mountain climbing? Are you living your best life? Do you like long walks um, on the beach? Yeah, do you need someone to make you laugh? What else is there? Jeez. Or it's the fits of guys. We can go back to the fish. Did you, did you hear, have you seen those, uh, Chris? The fish dudes on Tinder? 
Are they like fairies? What are these? No, they're they're like. This is one of the better fish that I've seen. It's long. It's shiny. It's translucent. It looks like a precious gem. I really like your fish. So what it is is Chris. Um, as you know, uh, uh, well, uh, maybe you don't. Oh, you met your girl on Tinder, so you don't know. So there's a typical profile on these dating apps with females. Oh. You see them doing yoga, and they they want to be in the mountains. They want to take spontaneous trips around the world, which is just so arrogant to me. And I don't want to date you if you're doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's the typical profile oh, pick, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 you know exactly. So I, I interviewed a lovely lady from Toronto a couple weeks weeks ago on the show about her dating experiences and we talked about tinder fish and what it is is um so i'm mostly just confused but it is a nice fish so what it is is guys a lot of guys on tinder have pictures of them holding fish right uh, yeah <gasps> i've heard of yeah this. and it's, it's it, there's it, another one too it's um posing with tigers yep. is apparently another big one absolutely it is yeah and so now but there's this lovely kashiro uh whiteley i believe her name is she does these videos on tiktok reviewing men's f- tinder fish i like this fish a lot very long very slender um i wish you'd put it back <laughs> But anyways, yeah, so that's what Tinder Tinder do, fish dudes on Tinder are. Oh, well, great. No. I, I wonder I wonder if our mystery caller is um a fish dude. Oh, John, you, I you, wonder. Yeah, John, are John you a fish let us guy? know. Are you a fish guy? Um, so I'm mostly just confused, but it is a nice fish. So yeah. And if you are, maybe we'll find you like a a nice fish lady. I've never seen a fish lady on all the swiping oh, I've been doing. Have you ever seen they're a They're f- out there. Yeah, oh no, they're, they're out, there. out there. I'd date a fish lady. Yeah, me too. Totally would. Yeah, I go fishing. Yeah. Technically, okay. you fish to find her. Hi oh. Hey. Okay, let's get going. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> faster, faster. <laughs> okay. So, uh, stories from my homeland. Um, I'm not going to rage at the moment about okay. everything that's going on there. That it affects pretty much only me. Um, <laughs> but there is a story that um, every now and then in New Zealand news actually happens. Uh, I'm a I'm a firm believer that. They don't need hourly or even really daily news there. They need like maybe the news twice, three times a week. Really? Uh, yeah, there's nothing happening. Is in that New right, eh? Yeah, that, that's because that's because um, that's because uh, huh. it's a small country at the bottom of the world, and, yeah. and it's it's quite insular. But like, but there's millions the, the of media. people. There's stuff going on there, isn't there? There's like the, there's millions of people yeah. that live there. Well, there's crime. Um, <laughs> okay, right. Oh no, I see <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. conservation, but yeah. but it's like, I think it's so little actually happens there <laughs> that that the media becomes really hyperactive and just starts reporting on absolutely everything, and so it becomes kind. You get ridiculous news stories, um, which I think uh, Bob has played a lot of in the in the past mm. um, on on the shift. But also, like, uh, even now and then news actually happens, and I think this is an example of news actually happening, uh, which is that there's a town in the middle of the North Island, right between Wellington and, and Auckland. It's called Hamilton. And Hamilton's not a very flash place. Uh, it's the fourth largest city. It is the set of the uh, 2010 uh, reboot of Power Rangers. Oh, God. I almost forgot what they were called. Oh, Power Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. Power, the, new, the new Power Rangers was filmed there. Go, go. Um, yeah, but it's kind of like not so great. It's kind of like the place where everybody goes to their local convenience store to buy fake weed. 
you know, like it's 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 like synthetics. It's, it's yeah, it's kind of a wow. anyway. Wow. What happened there was yeah. at two thirty in the morning a couple of days ago, a whole bunch of guys uh, turned up uh, outside a, a strip mall and uh, tried to blow up an ATM with a bunch of pipe bombs. Oh, um, yeah, but it sounds really serious, right? No, um, but it but but it it turns out to be the most kind of like Hamilton New Zealand story ever, because it's like. Well, this is how I imagine it going: is is they turn up and they're like, "All right, get get the get the pipe bombs, all right," and then like, and then they kind of like drop them and they put them like like physically on the ATM in yeah. my imagination, and they light them, and then like one of them blows off and like goes bang, and then nothing else happens, and they're like, "Oh oh oh no," and they all just run away, and and that's like a major news event in New Zealand. <laughs> Man, New Zealand is boring. Yeah, it is. What is go? Why would you even live there? That's uh, I left. <laughs> I wanted I wanted that story to end so bad, and when it no, did, it was happened. It, nothing happened. <laughs> well, well, there was a witness, um, and I, I have a bit of audio here, and yeah. this is a, a witness called Yolanda Julius. Well, we just heard a bang, like it sounded like an explosion, two forty-five this morning, and I was just shouting to my husband, "What just happened?" And we ran to the window, looked out. And we just saw two guys running through the car park, but they were covered like, and that was it. And it just gone quiet after that. We just couldn't figure out what was happening. We thought it was an accident, <laughs> you know, but it sounded more like a loud explosion thing. They broke in twice at the garage, you know, but um, like I said, usually when something happens, alarms goes off. Oh but, my God. But yep. this time, yep. nothing. Oh my nothing God. What is Welcome. happening? Yeah, this is my homeland. I'm never going to New Zealand. That's <laughs> it's awful. It's Oh, there was an explosion and that was it. Like that, there was 45, 44 seconds of first saying there was an explosion and then that was yeah. it. Yeah, no, That's it's great. Long. That's so yeah. great. And like I do have me to hate, you know, because like it it is my home and I do love it. It's very beautiful. There's many good things about it. Sure, but it sure. is it is it is mostly just the nature and that's it. There's nothing else good about it. Right. Um, um really so yeah. really quick, Chris, we got a we got a text at eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight from John. Hell no, not a fish guy. Sorry, fish ladies. Oh John, what are you into? Yeah, what are you into? Back, Let us know. Back in the ocean with those fish ladies. <laughs> no, keep yeah. them out. Keep them here. Yeah, th that one's too small. I've got to throw it back. I'm into fish ladies. They're never too small. We learned mm. that from Maureen McGrath earlier. <laughs> this, yeah, all shapes and sizes of fish. That's you know? right. Like, I don't want a fish to feel bad itself for one defining feature. Like, maybe no. its gills are too long or something. Yeah, right? Every fish is... It, one might be a little more floppy than the other, but that's fine, too. It's still a fish. It's a, it's a, it's a living creature. I never got there as a kid when I went fishing, and, and there's going to be a whole lot of people who think I'm an idiot too late. because of this. Yeah, yeah, I figured. But when you caught a fish, I would sit there for hours with my dad on the dock yeah. and waiting for this, this thing to happen. You know, I, he said we're to go catch fish. So oh, God, to catch yes, a fish. yes. And, he, and then you pull it up. And like, oh, my God, I got it. And like the excitement of it. Like, yeah. I got a fish. Like, and, and you pull it up. And my dad's like, oh, no, that's too small. And I'm like, <laughs> I, are you serious? Really? Your dad said that? Yeah, that's what they say. That's what people say. That's hilarious. I've never, I've never experienced that. Uh, anytime I've, I've caught a fish, they've been like, oh, awesome, you caught a fish. That's really great. I don't care yeah. how small it is. Yeah, no, I was excited. And my no. dad's like, nah, I've got to throw that one back. Eh? Can't, mm. can't. 
that's that. So, uh, so I was traumatized about fishing because I'm like, well, I, I, I put a hook through this thing's face mm-hmm. and, and, and pulled it up. And Dad's like, nah, just chuck it back. And I'm like, oh. I guess, I guess anyway. size does matter. Well, <laughs> when, when it comes to fish, fish. Yeah. yeah, it does. And summer <laughs> fish or long fish. Sure. How does it go? How does it go? I hate this fish. This is the worst fish I've ever seen. Um, I, I hate, I hate your fish so much. <laughs> what is that? That's the fish lady. We're doing the reviews on TikTok. Oh, so she puts oh, is this, that her? Yeah, that's her, and she just does that weird wonky voice, and that's become the fish review voice. Now imagine if we lose TikTok, we're not going to have that. No, we In will because we still have Instagram stories. It's like pretty much the same thing. That's true, actually. You know, yeah, because yeah. I was thinking about that too. Like, what are all the kids? And I was actually reading the kids. Um, it's really bringing a lot of them out of their shells. It's really good for some kids. Really good. So I was wondering about that. But yeah, just get Instagram. It's fine. Have you seen the um the the TikTok thread of uh, Gen Z kids? And I don't want to say kids because you know they're like young adults now. Yeah. But no, just absolutely throwing all the shade at millennials and just like burning millennials on TikTok is no. the best thing I've ever seen. Oh, I love it. <laughs> they're just like the the all, all millennials are just like oh doggo and oh look at me I'm trying to go adulting and <laughs> they have absolutely no respect for us and I love it. I'm here for it. I welcome them. Dare they? <laughs> We're all the same, guys. We're not. We're all the same. Don't generationize yourself. I respect that too. <laughs> what else you got, Chris? Um, okay, yeah. So, uh, Italy in Pisagno, Pisano, Pisano, a place in Italy. Um, this one really ticked me off. All right, um, a guy goes to a gallery, and the gallery is full of uh, beautiful uh, plaster molds of what are now very famous sculptures. Okay, and one of them is of a la- lovely lady lying on like a, a long loungy sofa. I don't know what they're called, like a one of those things that looks like one of the 1950s psychologists. A, sh- a, a chaise lounge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's lying on it, and this guy's like, "Oh, look at this." 200 300 year old piece of art i'm gonna lie with it he uh lies yep he like he sits on the corner he leans back puts his uh elbow on the leg of the plaster and all the media reports are saying that he's taking a selfie but i don't think he is because they can see in the cctv someone taking a photo of him and guys that's not a selfie That's not a selfie. That's someone taking your photo. Um, but then he stands up, and as he stands up, he puts the weight of his hand on the plaster and breaks the foot off. Oh. And I want to quote him here. Um, he said, <laughs> I'm an he idiot. Said, oh, sorry. Said, go ahead. Well, yeah. And this is exactly what he says. He says, during the visit, I sat on the statue without, however, realizing the damage that I obviously caused. Oh it was irresponsible behavior on my part. I was unaware of the consequences. So I continued to visit the museum as normal and stayed in Italy throughout. I apologize in every way, which is nonsense. Because if you look at the CCT video, he actually looks yeah. back at his hand, yeah. which has just snapped the foot off. Oh, he's lying. Three. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah, and I, I found um, some guy on the internet talking about this. So do we have that audio? If you're clumsy, this is something. Okay, anyways, Austri- Austrian tourists in Italy sat on a 200-year-old sculpture by Antonio Canova and snapped its toe off. No. Trying to get a selfie. Here it is. Uh, I'm going to unfortunately say yeah. the actual sculpture incorrectly. Do you want to try it? Uh, I think it's Polina Borghese Bonaparte as Venus Victrix. 
Okay. She nailed that. I think. Better you than me on that one. That statue apparently survived both world wars. Come on. But cannot survive a tourist selfie. Look at this. I can't see it. That's horrible. So how bad does this guy feel? So so much damage to sculptures in this country. Um, Yeah, thanks. That happens all the time. People are really irresponsible at museums. Like, there was that clock a few years ago, the guy, this weirdly wacky clock, and he just goes up and he touches it just barely, and the thing just crumbles and it falls everywhere. I, um, yeah, like, in the in that clip, that, that guy on the TV show, he goes on to say, oh, I would never do that, because when I was a kid, I learned, my parents taught me to keep my hands to myself. And I'm like, well, <laughs> no, everybody knows that you don't touch things in a, mu- in a museum. What? Like, what? Like, you They're don't behind, lie. Yeah, most things are behind ropes. Like, I just can't imagine seeing someone going up and just starting to lick the Rosetta Stone. And some guy was like, I'm not going to do that. My parents told me to keep my tongue in my mouth. (laughs) You know someone's going to go lick the Rosetta Stone now. Thank you for listening to the Shift Daily Podcast. Tune into the show online or on the radio.